Hi, this is James Barclay, and this is the Unprecedented Business Growth Podcast Series. Welcome. We're talking today about social media. What's the point in a high-growth market? At the end of yesterday, before I left the office, I did a quick calculation of the various social media I'd received during the day, social media that I'd reviewed of my own volition, and the value of the entire information. I calculated that there's probably somewhere between about 15 to 20 minutes of easy, quick reading time just to glance at the materials and to understand whether it was of any value. And I anticipated that if I really had been interested in everything that I'd received, there was somewhere between 40 to 50 minutes of my time would have been spent trying to understand fully what was being said, what was the purpose, and how was I better off. When I looked at it all and gave a reflection upon it, only one piece was really of moderate importance to me. None were of critical or highly important, and the rest, candidly, were of low importance or irrelevant. It begged the question, what's the point of social media? We're witnessing a gushing water pipe of information and in danger of getting a soaking unless we step out of the way. My thoughts turn to China, where I do a lot of work with clients at the moment, and where there's no Facebook, no Twitter, no YouTube. I thought, is this Nirvana? Then I thought a little bit more and realized there's 500 million people regularly using the internet in China, and over 300 million use some form of blog, social networking site, and other online communities. Companies such as Dyingpeng, Renren, Singer, Weibo are showing explosive growth. Clearly, it's something no executive or brand can ignore who's serious about engaging with Chinese customers. Yet, how do you stop it becoming a huge time dump and escape the low-value sea of comments? Equally, how do you understand the nuances of each country's consumers, content, and platforms? How do brands and executives evaluate their own performance on various social media? Let's look at several examples over the past 12 months where there have been both positive and negative experiences. Macy's was prepared to drop Donald Trump after Trump's publicity stunt in which he offered to donate $5 million in exchange for President Obama's college records and passport application. Over 500,000 people signed an online petition asking Macy's to sever its relationship with Trump, and the retailers' Facebook and Twitter pages were bombarded with anti-Trump comments. The easy thing was to cut ties with Trump, but Macy's failed to take any meaningful action against those within the firm that hired him, to the best of my knowledge. What's to stop that individual making an equally crass hiring decision and hiring further people who cause huge disaffection to Macy's brands? Going back to China and looking at the marketplace there, in my second example, you find a place which is highly fragmented and where it's very local. One of the key challenges in China is particularly the high volume of artificial writers who trawl the web, prospering off opinions on brands that they have no connection with or no correlation to, and for the executive to try and understand and determine whether his own social media contributions are effective or simply being bolstered by random comments, etc., Equally, as we've talked about earlier, in a country where censorship is very high and where the challenges of censoring social media make it the place which is easiest for people and consumers to interact, so it makes sense clearly that 
brands have a presence there and executives become very articulate in using social media. Here's an example when Dove China first imported the Real Beauty social media campaign to create greater growth of their beauty brands in China. Consumers took the view that the individuals that they were using for the advertising campaigns were both fat, ugly, and didn't really correlate to their own aspirations. The feedback from Chinese audiences was disparaging. Yet Dove was intelligent enough to recognize that a mid-course correction needed to be played, and also to the extent that their executives need to be smart enough to think about their own performance and to be in the moment. They partnered with Ugly Wadi, the Chinese version of Ugly Betty, and the net result was a 21% rise in Dove Body Wash in their last 12 months and a 44% increase amongst target consumers, according to a McKinsey study published recently. Clearly, social media is critical, and clearly in high-growth markets, it's something which you need to be highly astute about. If there's one lesson to take away from these different examples, it's that brands need to be very careful in high-growth markets when it comes to tying their large high-profile promotions to public events or high-profile people. Here are four questions I would recommend any brand entering a high-growth market to ask itself when trying to create a winning strategy. Number one, what's the end result you expect from this social media campaign? This will help you determine how sophisticated the social media campaign needs to be and the range of responses you need to generate to make an informed judgment and to put it in the appropriate context with other forms of marketing. Number two, with whom will you be communicating? If it's a large number of people, as we just discussed in China, with over 300 million users, then some form of online forum or community or use of those particular social media brands that we just discussed makes great sense. If it's a more individual consumer, so if you're a luxury brand like Hermes, then it makes more sense to create high-quality, unique, and personalized communication with key customers. Number three, what are your scale requirements? My experience is it's wise to plan for three years down the track as technology and social media processes and other marketing tools continue to evolve rapidly. And number four, what trends do you hope to exploit? Your customer service tools, both social media and other tools, need to maximize your efficiency and minimize your duplicative effort. If you need to get the data and information to your research and development, your sales or operations people rapidly, how compatible are the customer service tools, including social media, with your own technology and information systems? So in concluding this podcast, I'd like to give you this final thought. Social media has its place in the priority line. Just be careful that it doesn't jump the line at the expense of more intimate or more appropriate marketing activities. You've been listening to Unprecedented Business Growth with me, James Barclay.